Well, hello there, all my little Pokemon friends. <laughs> Welcome to A Wild Podcast Has Appeared, the official Pokemon podcast of Kamek Book. Comicbook.com. Jeez. Wow. Kamekbook.com. What kind of accent's that? <laughs> it's not German. Come on down to Kamekbook.com. Yeah, I can't figure out what accent you just leaned into. For I, that, but, it was like, uh, it was like a weird Minnesotan accent, I guess. You know a little bit. You know, there's a little bit of that in there. I can Kamek hear it. Books. Uh, hold on, I need to take a sip of this coffee. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, that's the point we're at on this fine Monday. Oh gosh, like I made a joke tweet that we were all like nursing comic book world hangovers, but like, and to be fair, I'm not nursing a hangover. I just it's Monday when we normally yeah. do the show, noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. You can watch it live, Twitch.tv forward slash comic book. Yeah, oh. I'm Jim. That's Megan. Christian is on a flight home. Apparently, got. Upgraded to first class. We're going to have to hear about that experience. I saw him post oh, wow. something about that on social. And I was like, wow, look at you, Mr. Fancy Pants. Uh, and we'll go over there. We're, we will get a full rundown on Christian's experience next week. Because you know how we are a show that loves to be timely. And <laughs> to be fair, Megan was like, well, you know, we could wait for Christian and do the show Monday or do the show Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, but then I won't be here. And we don't know if Christian's not going to be able to do it. So whatever. Everyone can wait. He might be week. hanging the, he might have the actual. Yeah. He may hangover. actually he may have an actual. Hang. You don't think so he gets we're home. We're just like going to hit the main beats today and then we'll get to the in-depth nitty gritty stuff next week because right. I do have a massive bone to pick with Pokemon company right now. Oh, you know what, Megan, let's just start there. Tell us what your bones. Oh man. Now see, this is, you don't want to get me started when I'm here. We go. Let's, we got, I already started with a flub and now I need now. Okay. So everybody, we're going to just rewind to the end of the Pokemon worlds. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Christian will have something to talk about this. And okay. So they announced, uh, next year, Pokemon World's Championships 2024. They're going to be held in Hawaii. They're going to be held in uh, Honolulu, I believe. And that is one of the most disgusting kind of things I can think about right now, given how fervent and how loud the native Hawaiian community has been about, please stop bringing large events, large tourism events to our the islands because they're resources are so stretched thin right now not to mention you know the recent fires in maui and lahaina so i when they said that i was like are you kidding me are you kidding me i cannot believe not not to excuse the decision but i feel like it's one of those like they have a bunch of stuff booked and there's only so like yeah but even still like and and i would accept that but there's plenty of other things that right. have been booked for a while and they have since been canceled and rescheduled. And so they did obviously do a Hawaii wildfire relief fund donation. Um, so that was nice to be able to see that they did donate money, you know, to, uh, you know, Hawaii as a whole, not just specific areas. But um, it's just I and there there are ways. Yeah, and no, and they could have just to, said I'm nothing. Not one, and like, I'm I not understand. one to speak about it because I am not a native Hawaiian. Um, sure. But there are plenty of creators on social media, on TikTok, uh, that you can, you know, follow to hear what their, you know, perspective is on this. You know, yeah. I mainly, you know, I didn't know about any of this, <laughs> about this situation in Hawaii and having this overabundance of tourism until I have a friend who, her parents are native Hawaiians and they moved to the States. They are just like sick 
over the fact that Pokemon's doing this. Um, and there are ways that they were saying they could responsibly kind of host this stuff. But they were saying, yep. like, of all of the hotels on Maui, only one of them is locally owned by a Hawaiian, uh, you know, company, you know, foundation. The other 230 something are all, you know, businessmen, corporations that's using mm. their resources and taking the water, which is what has helped prompt these droughts that have caused these wildfires recently. Yeah. So as soon as I heard that and they were like, oh, but we're making a donation. I was like, that is incredibly irresponsible for Pokemon. Yeah. Um, that said, they so, did drop one of the bigger donations I've seen for. They did. Uh, that is one which, of the biggest which I donations was like, they've dropped. And I mean, I, I'm just going to be very curious to see how Pokemon edges this because they do tend yeah. to stay out of kind of situations that put them in a weird global position as much as possible. <laughs> I almost guarantee um, that they are going no. to go completely quiet on the entire thing until like things yeah. just kind of blow over and get closer. And yeah, and the whatever. reception and timing of that announcement was not just not great. Well. Not a great it was look. Not, it was not what it was not met. Well, and honestly for me, I will say at first I did not even blink at it. I was like, oh, okay. They're just going somewhere. And yep. then I got educated on this topic and I was like, ooh, this is a bad, bad situation. Uh, so I've already seen there's been several creators I know who attended Worlds who said they will not be going at, at all to the one next year if it is going yep. to be uh, in Hawaii because of this reason. Uh, so I am curious to see how we'll that see happens. how it goes. Yeah, I mean, obviously we have a year until that point, but oof. Yeah. So that was that was how they ended. You know, everything was going so good with coverage for Worlds. They really did some excellent <laughs> promotion, which we're going to talk about. But then they ended with that, and everybody went, ooh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think the... Well, the next thing I was going to meant or talk about was um kind of like a, a you know a quick kind of overview of worlds in general i thought a lot mm -hmm. of the um i mean look they were in japan they had to go big they and they like went big so much so that like there was a giant japan has done a lot of these and we've we've got a bunch of these in the states but that drone show that there mm -hmm. are clips of uh out there is oh yeah wild absolutely wild mm -hmm. and honestly a little bit terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah like they could have done a full-blown pokemon actual like one-on-one -on -one battle in the sky <laughs> with but like they brought lugia and ho-oh to life using these drones yeah. that you know you see them for like firework shows now or like theme park attractions yep. well they just did like pokemon and they brought them to life using these like 3d animation sets using drones and i was like oh dang that's cool that is yeah. yeah they really did take things up a notch uh for 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 world's coverage yeah, which which I appreciate, and like the basically the the stand in SSN uh, mm -hmm. looked freaking great. Mm -hmm. uh, so like so like, there were there was a bunch of like really really cool things that I'm glad you know happened, and that Pokemon fans got to 
enjoy and and all that it, it looked it looked awesome i mean like like i said when it was here in nashville uh it was nowhere near near the scale oh no the scale and makes me there. it all it makes me a little bit jealous but i get i mean like but it's in japan so like yeah it, the scale it, it, also i think it's so interesting i follow I, I have a lot of friends in japan a lot of them are natives locals some of them live in the near yokohama and some of them you know, came from out of town to visit. And most of the people that I know personally who are friends who, who went down to visit didn't have tickets because they did a lottery system to be able to get tickets for uh, the event. That's a very incredibly common system for doing, you know, concerts, you know, stage plays, anything like that in Japan is often done in a lottery system. And so you can't mm -hmm. just like buy tickets. You have to enter a lottery and then, you know, you, you might get the chance. Um, yeah. Like no one, not a single, and I know it was like twenty something people. I was like, not one of you got got in the lottery. Um, but luckily, <laughs> they did have like a lot of stuff just around Yokohama. They had like yep. uh, kind of like graffiti art that they had sanctioned to do. They had a bunch of like random Pokemon standees all around the town that just kind of made the city feel more kind of like like a Detective Pikachu, like Rhyme City, like an actual kind of Pokemon. Uh, I was going to say Pokemon infest infested city, but that's not the right word. <laughs> a city that I mean, just has Pokemon enough. in it, you know? Uh, yeah. it, I was, it was really cool seeing, you know, those kind of pictures online. I know Hoffer's going to be able to speak to that more next yep. week. Uh, I'm excited but to hear, yeah, they hear really, that. Uh, yeah, they really took things up a notch. All right. Uh, the chat is is all talking about this. So I want to bump this uh, topic yeah. up a bit where this year at Worlds, we had a good number of heartbreaks, not necessarily because of just straight losses, but because the Pokemon company was cracking down on gend Pokemon during World Championships. All right, and so can you break down what that means for people who have no idea what that means? Yes. So gen Pokemon are basically generated or modded Pokemon, right? Mm -hmm. In the sense that a lot of them are created using save editing programs. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of a lot of folks will use these to try and basically bypass the grind of making a competitive team. Uh, you know, there it's like, like or I had perfect example, like using a, a shiny locked Pokemon or something. A lot of them usually come in trade, you know, usually you get it from trades or and things like that. And it's, it's one of those, it's a weird it's a weird gray area in the sense right mm -hmm. a gen pokemon uh, rusbane in the chat says a gen pokemon is completely uh, is competitively viable it's not necessarily cheating versus a hacked pokemon which is something that you cannot get right yeah you have you have to hack it to make it exist within the game gen could exist within the game without hacking it just gives you a bypass to get started. right but i get but like it looks like there are ways to tell whether mm. or not a pokemon is gened versus hacked in the sense that 
I, I guess the the some of the stats or it's it's a little that part is uncool. Like I like it was. Yeah, I'm once not it sure how they forensically detailed. Right. Once it started, like, oh, happening, that one's gent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, once it started happening, I was like, uh, wow, this seems like it's a bigger thing than I, I thought. I mean, because a lot, a lot of people were called out for it. <laughs> where, I mean, yeah. it was like every other, like every five minutes, I'd be, I'd see somebody who was doing like a play-by-play, and they were like, nope, Jen. Well, and so, 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 and like, I get it. Like, if you're a competitive player and you just want to do what you need to do to get the team that you want without having to do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you want a certain Pokemon and you either can't find it, don't have the time to train it up or whatever, and you think you're going to get it from, you know, another trainer, then like, presumably you would think, oh, well, maybe this person worked, did the work that I didn't want to do, right? There was mm-hmm. one, uh, one person, uh, that I saw online, a guy by the name of Brady Smith. Who who got DQ'd, and he even said, "I should have gotten the Mons myself." Half of my, uh, half of his team was modified slash Gen. Right? He didn't have Legends uh, Arceus to get Lando, and he didn't have his copy of Sword or Shield to get Urshifu. Uh, he said he tried trading for the Mons with a reputable trader, but the Mons didn't pass. And so, Dang, again, that- right, like. He knew the team he wanted, didn't wasn't actually able to build the team himself. Now, Rusbane in the chat also said that a big tell is usually with the original trainer, which usually happens in you know because of trades and things like that. Which like I I get mm-hmm. right, but like if I were to trade a Pokemon that I didn't have that looked like it had pretty good stats or whatever. And like, I wanted to adopt that Mon to my team and make it a part of the, my competitive team. Like, I feel like I shouldn't get penalized for it, I guess. Now that said, if that Pokemon was a gen Pokemon, then like I bring that, I brought, I bring that upon myself. I bring that trouble, you know, on my own. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's my fault. I didn't check whatever. Right. But at the same time, like these are people who are flying out to these events and spending money to be there. And if they don't know, it's like, well, well. like I, is there, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is something that Christian can answer so we can, you know, pin it if we don't know it here or in the comments, but like, do you have to submit these Pokemon before you get there to like pre-qualify like what they're using like is there anything like that so they could have been like hey if you show up with this pokemon at this event you will get you know ousted basically yeah. um well uh i think so i think they have to submit the team but if it's a gen pokemon you wouldn't necessarily know the difference right like on, on right well paper. i didn't know if there was like i don't i didn't know if there was a way you could there was a way that you were able to send information that would tell oh, the Pokemon yeah, yeah, people, yeah. like, hey, like, uh, in, right. the, in the chat, Ruth Bain says, hacks are usually checked at random and done through a floor judge. Um, which, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I've seen people do hack checks like when we were at Worlds before. But I'm, I was just so curious. I'm curious about the gen thing because this seems yeah. like nobody was expecting that much of a crackdown. Um, yeah. Specifically, well, I think, ginning. I mean, I like, I get like, uh, Part of me wants to believe that they want to try and keep it as pure as possible, I guess. Right. right. So, so, so I pulled up Christian's story 
and he he has a good i'm just i'm just going to read it kind of word for word because it's a kind of a great layout of kind of the land right um others have pointed out the growing cost of building a competitive team the current rule mm-hmm. set requires pokemon from four different games pokemon sword and shield pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl pokemon legends arceus and pokemon scarlet and violet and the and the purchase of dlc to legally obtain an ideal team not to mention the dozens of hours it takes to actually build a competitive team through either breeding or grinding to get the proper ivs and evs on a pokemon even though recent games have significantly improved the process of changing a pokemon's nature and ivs to make it competitive it is still considered to be a significant grind however the pokemon company's rule set regarding gen pokemon hasn't changed and it's acknowledged that players with modded pokemon on their save file even pokemon that they obtained through trades it's still running the risk of a dq dang all which i which i read to say the the company wants to make it as clean as possible but also this is a this is also a tournament where children also compete right, right. and so now, it's not to say you need to dumb it down so, you know, 12-year-olds can do this, but, like, I'm sure the 12-year-old knows how to do a gen Pokemon probably better than anyone else kind of thing. Oh, but- absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. No doubt they are doing, they, yeah, I would probably stare at the instructions like, what? But it's, but it, but it's interesting because because I, I have to imagine that there is, the, the gen Pokemon are, are probably pervasive throughout a number of uh, competitive situations. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a situation where this is the world this is the world championship. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it I don't know, and maybe it's like a weird old like I have this very weird old school mentality. If you're gonna if you're gonna compete on the world stage, do it. Like do it like do it on your like be if you want to show that you are the ultimate trainer not just someone who like understands the best meta and can buy their way into into a perfect pokemon team right put in the work i right? mean for i understand me- that like that may be a bit of a that may be of a hot a little bit of a hot take but i would rather someone win like now look you can't check everyone you can't check everything and maybe the winner had gen pokemon i don't, I don't know right? but like I would rather the win the winner be someone who put in the work, put in the time, and got recognized for it. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I hot take also agree on that position. And the only part that you know wicks me out a little bit is you know like the cost barrier that comes into doing stuff like this. Which um, I agree. And yes. I just don't know the statistics of you know you know what is the cost of this tournament you know buy in of how you prep versus you know other esports like you know how much money are you competitively spending to build or your skill set or your teams for for other popular esports i don't know what those right. you know those differentials are um but like when it comes to pokemon i think i i just i mean jennings cool and it it just it sets you up for the perfect you know for for your most optimal situation because you are able to you know rig getting these certain stats which are totally possible within the game you just didn't want to put in one the effort or two the money to get those to you and that that's where it wicks me out the money that's the gray area for me because the economy is the economy (laughs) and we know what that looks like um but you know for people who are just like, oh, I just, 
I just want to get to my main team, get practicing with them and figuring out the meta. You know, it's not cheating, but it's also not authentic to the spirit. I feel that the Pokemon World Championships ad adheres to, you know, I don't think if Ash was in this competition, he would have Gen Pokemon. <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> what I would be saying. I mean, we right. Like that's like, that's kind of my, my thought on it. Now, uh, wristband mentions like, you know, I agree if you're competing at worlds, you should definitely have a team built in the game, but making such a surprise escalation in the rules at the last minute is something that's a little bit. Yeah, that's, weird. I'm so curious. What was that initial spark behind the scene that made them be like, all right, we're doing a sweep for the gen <laughs> Pokemons. Like, I feel like, especially given, you know, how, you know, for a lot of people, the travel involved in this, I feel right. like that heads up would have been nice, but it also could have just been them behind the scenes being like, well, let's get an honest indication of how many competitors in this scene are using, you know, yeah. Gen Pokemon. Yeah. No, I get it. So, so yeah. Anyway, that's that. Uh, and actually here's a, here's a pretty good explanation uh to right to to jenning or jenning is not cheating gen mons are legal it just means you didn't have to reset sun and moon nine billion times for a zero speed iv chrysalia before even testing your team which like i get but um right it's it's annoying but <laughs> for me as at least as an audience member i'm as somebody who does not play competitively so i can't speak to the annoyance of that i am much more likely to root for somebody who did that resetting a billion times to get oh 100 you wanted i'm more likely to root for you because i can empathize and i can be like man they worked hard to do this as opposed to you know trading now for the people who traded and maybe didn't know they got gen pokemon that sucks that's just awful well, and, I don't know what the likelihood and, of that is but that 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 blows inevitably too i think the interesting thing is well not the interesting thing one of the things i think bothers me a little bit about watching competitive pokemon is there are so many very similar teams right mm -hmm. because everyone has done the research and is trying to you know do what they can to basically have like the perfect team to to whatever and like i understand that to an extent but also mm -hmm. at the same time, it's where, where, you know, like, look, not every football team has Tom Brady. And so, so, so that's the part to me where like ever in Pokemon VGC is mm -hmm. almost every team has a version of Tom Brady kind of, and it's like, and that's where it gets boring. Right. So yeah. So anyway, so we'll talk more about it with Christian when Christian's back. This well, week. I, I'll, I'll I will note really quick in the comments, yep. Bruce Baines did note that there is a difference with this one is that specifically these, the tournament in Japan was run by the Pokemon company, you know, as is rather than the Pokemon company international, which kind of oversees, right. you know, North American branch and everything outside. So because the kind of original, Japanese branch was the one overseeing this tournament because it, this was the first year the Worlds was ever in Japan. Uh, that could kind of explain maybe why there was a little bit more rigidity in the rules. Uh, I just know when it comes to competitive sports in general, uh, Japan is a little bit of a stickler when it comes to, you know, don't bypass the rules. They're very, very 
uh, you know, sensitive to that topic. So maybe international just is a little bit looser gooser with that. But uh, that that definitely was an interesting uh, situation of suddenly a lot of people getting disqualified uh, at that at Worlds this year. All right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> I want to move on. Let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Like, what is yeah. the Pokemon company thinking releasing a Wiglet plush? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> does Richard have a picture of this to pull up? Because, like, it does not do justice if we can't tell people. So if you're listening to this it, it, right, right now, just go look up a picture. Google search or Bing search. I don't care what you use. Pokemon Wiglet plush. And then just look, just look at what you find. Look at what you get. It is, I saw it and I thought it was a joke. And I was like, we're not even close to April Fool's, you know? Like this. I mean, it is, look, I get it. The Pokemon company likes to pay attention to to memes and things like that. And then try to cash in on that. Like, look, Pokemon company is not dumb. Okay. They oh, named, it knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. Look, they named, we, we have LeChunk and Smoliv for a reason. Okay. Yeah. And so it is it pays attention but yes i mean to put to go, delicately to put delicately and in the most safe for work terms possible this wiglet plush looks like an adult device that one might use it is with a partner who knows i don't know yeah. uh that's what it looks like uh, if you yeah. have seen what wiglet looks like in, <laughs> in the games you could kind of figure out what this looks like. Uh, the, minute Wig the minute Wiglet that... was announced, we all were like, oh, oh we no. all knew that this was what was coming. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's I right. mean, we we all knew what was going to come from this. Uh, the I don't know if this is to its benefit or to its, uh, you know, detriment. But the plush is like 10 inches long. It's like <laughs> 10 and three quarters inches long, uh, which is a massively long plush. If you're just, I don't know what, I don't know in what situation you're buying this plush and like, ah, oh, yeah. Oh, they know. I mean, look, size. they know. The people who are buying this, they oh, know. Oh, I mean, yeah, it is, um, it is inappropriate in the uh, my favorite thing is when i saw the plush and i was writing it up for comicbook.com i i was looking at the header image i made and i was like hmm i just need to make sure that when i see this plush and everyone else on the internet sees it that we're all thinking the same thing so i said who yep. could i ask that is the most like you know not naive but like <laughs> that they don't have a gutter brain you know sure so i sent the picture to my mom <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> and goodness. I was like, "What?" I said, "What do you see when you look at this toy?" And she said, "I don't want to tell you. It's inappropriate." <laughs> so if if even my mom, who barely knows—I mean, she knows Pokemon because she raised me—but uh, even if she saw that plush, it was like, "Oh, oh no!" Like, what a troll! The Pokemon Company is a troll. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so that was that. Thank you, uh, Pokemon Company, for listening to the internet, I guess. Yep. Uh, we got a few other kind of uh, other announcements and things like uh, things that came during Worlds, uh, including, a, including a time frame for the Indigo Disc DLC, which is winter 2023. 
mm-hmm. which was, I guess, a bit ambiguous during the presents, which I don't know why they, I mean, I guess they get two beats out of it, so whatever. But yeah. in it, we'll yeah, starter Pokemon that can be caught in the wild, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is cool. I mean, not a first, because we had it in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and then Diamond and Pearl, or Brilliant uh, Diamond and Shining Pearl. So mm-hmm. th- that's cool, I guess. But also a tease of a new Terra type, which I mean, I guess we needed. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm still firmly in the camp. We didn't need Terra state, whatever that, I don't even know how to say it. Terrestrialization. I'm still at the firm camp. We never needed yeah. it in the first place. <laughs> so. so we don't, so we don't know what it is. But I think what it's, I think it's called raging bolt. Yeah. And it kind of looks kind of like a rainbow. Yeah. Double rainbow. I, I don't even know. I was I, at my point. All of the terrestrialization forms look the same to me. They're just big <laughs> and glittery and weirdly polygonal. And so I saw it and I was like, I didn't even realize it was like a new form until it was like and introducing raging bolt. I was like, right. Oh. And so so I didn't the, even know. <laughs> the, the thing here, though, I think is it looks like it may like it's two types where it looks like it may be electric and dragon, which is interesting. And I guess mm-hmm. we'll see how that kind of further complicates the entire system. <laughs> see how that works. <laughs> Essentially. So, yeah. And then everyone, yeah, the raging bolt is the Raikou paradox, which look, we did the show last week. You know how we felt about it. And at least I felt a little bit, Vin, uh, validated because everyone else felt that way. Where oh, normally yeah. I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. This, this is I, bound to be someone's favorite new favorite Pokemon, but no. My favorite definitely all the, the people drawing worried Entei artwork. Everybody was like drawing like Walking <laughs> Wake and Raging Bolt. And then they would draw Entei looking fearful for his life. <laughs> I yep. would I was like, yes, I, I feel I feel the same way as you do, Entei. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I just I just I oh, I don't even want to think about it. I can't think yeah. about it or it'll make me sad. Correct. Correct. Also, some news that came out of Worlds is uh, three more Pokemon coming to Pokemon Unite. Blaziken, Mimikyu, and Meow Scrada coming to the game. Mimikyu, I think, is going to be an interesting one. Blaziken's coming September 14th. Mimikyu and uh, Masquerada are both coming soon. I think those are, I think, uh, Blaziken makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scrata also makes sense. Mimikyu, I think, is the one that I'm going to be uh, interested in for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, that does it really for the the really news heavy section. Uh, there's a, a when we get back when we come back from our break, Hoffer got the opportunity to talk to a bunch of people at Pokemon, and I want to kind of go through some of their comments. Because mm-hmm. there's there's a, he got some really interesting stuff, and I think it's one of those things where normally, well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll preface all this when we get back. So give us sixty seconds, and we'll be right back. Man, that that whole music is something something else. If you uh. Watch the show live. You'll know. You'll know what I mean. Great countdown music. Great hold music. All because of Richard. We love you, Richard. All right. 
let's talk about Christian gets the Pokemon company to say things it probably didn't want to say. Uh, <laughs> in that, I, I always... Uh, how, do, how do I say this nicely that Christian won't get mad at me later? Uh, I always wonder when we let Christian go talk to people in situations like the Pokemon company, because Christian is going to be the only one that asks real questions in situations like this, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But also it, it always is like, Oh crap. Are we going to get invited back next year? Because Christian pushed, the, pushed it, pushed them too hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but mainly because one of the, one of the things I wanted to, to bring up is Christian got to talk to uh, Pokemon, the Pokemon company's chief operating officer, whose name I now just had to pull up because I, uh, yeah, because I had a brain fart uh, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this and I'm so sorry. Uh, Takato Unis. I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't even know. And their chief creative officer about the brand about kind of like the brand overall and nothing, you know, kind of specific. And one of the things that Christian asked, and it's a question that we have asked on the show a number of times is, is the Pokemon company by sticking to a rigid release schedule, hurting the quality of the games? Now, I don't know if he necessarily asked it that way, but that's the question we've asked. And I imagine in reading the response was kind of the, in, the intent, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so the response he got back, uh, is, uh, is an interesting one because it's not necessarily like a, like a no comment. And this, obviously it, was, it, it comes with a, a trans, it comes through a translator or whatever, but basically the quote we got back was, I think in general, if you look at the past, the path we've taken up until now has been this constant release, always regularly releasing products on a fairly fixed kind of cadence, you might say. Always having these products able to be introduced to new experience, uh, to be introduced and new experiences for our customers. And that's how we've operated up until now. I think we're still operating in that way, but there's more and more conversations as the development environments change about how we can continue to do this while making sure that we're ensuring really quality products are also being introduced which to me sounds like they slowing down and they and they know they need to yeah to me it sounds like to me it sounds like they're not slowing down yet but they are having that active Correct. conversation they they haven't yes. they haven't made anything at this point, like, a, all right, it's go time. We're, we're, we're pumping the brakes, but they right. just changed their brake fluid. They got on some <laughs> new brake pads. You know, they're, they, it sounds like they have had that conversation and are prepared and are actively weighing like the, the at least fiscal implications of what that might be for them. Right. Um, and I so think it sounds I, like they're at least listening, which is right. Nice. And it sounds like, look, there's already stuff that is in motion. Right. And so oh, they're not sure. like, so that stuff is still going to be, that's going to come out on the normal schedule. Now, like the effects of this feel like something we won't see for another three to four years, if anything. Oh yeah. Right. And I think some of that will probably have to do with whether or not Nintendo is upgrading the switch. Right. 
And or whatever that, that new console will look like. Or whatever the new console is going to be. And so that probably buys them a little bit of time. Oh, right. For sure. But I love here's what here's what I love about that answer though. They they acknowledged it, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't just say like he could have just stopped at the first half of that quote, right? Just right. said like, yep, look. We release things on a schedule and the schedule is to make sure that the market has what you know, what we believe it needs in new and exciting product period. Mm-hmm. But to continue and to say, but Hey, yeah, no, we, uh, we see well, we know these things that these games are not that they're getting harder to make. They're just, it sounds like like they're just bigger. And so they they probably do require a bit more time than we're maybe used to or, or that. But like, then again, to me now, the, me speaking, they're also a company and they also have, you know, have goals to meet, right? Like, right. They, right. So they can't just be like, well, we'll release the next one when we release it. Right. And then it'll be Half-Life 3 and we'll never get another Pokemon game again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but- I, I think it is. It, I think the conversation now, I think it's interesting that they're kind of a little bit owning up to this one because Christian asked the actual question uh, and and two uh, there we do have new hardware somewhere on the horizon with Nintendo yeah. um, that you know the Pokemon company is going to be much more familiar with than anybody else publicly publicly speaking can say um, I hope that you know, something like this is taken seriously and it's not just kind of lip service, but I do agree that the acknowledgement is is pretty major, especially given, you know, me knowing personally how kind of tight, uh, you know, publicity and PR can be, uh, in Japan and then having that, you know, be releasable here in the United States, you know, if, if they didn't want to say anything, they would not have said anything. They would have just, They wouldn't yep. have even translated the question said, to him. Shut yeah. up, Christian. Next question. Yeah, like the translator would just not have translated the question. Like honestly, the fact that they were, and that has happened. <laughs> you know, uh, the the fact that that was the question that they were willing to field and answer. Uh, I am very cautiously optimistic about. Yeah. Another stop on Christian's trip was to. Uh, creatures they went to the they had to go to the headquarters and they got to talk to the game director of the pokemon trading card game and in it christian asked about regrets basically right in the sense that as designers they know kind of where they want the meta to go but sometimes something comes out and oop there goes the game kind of kind of thing right before they have to like re course correct it Right. And uh, one of the one of the cards that they called out was the Mega Audino EX card, which is a card that won the 2016 World Championships due to its ability to counter the Night March dark archetype that was prominent. And uh, they said, you know, in general, the outcome is uh, is expend uh, is expected. But Mega Audino was a rare uh, was a rare one that pops in her uh, in their mind that you know, was not expected at all. And then Mm -hmm. when pressed further on like any like true regrets, and apparently uh, it was the Seismitoad EX from the 2014 Furious Fists set. I have to wonder now, 
if this is if these are now cards that people are going to be like, oh, now I now I'm, I'm going to go now I need to go out and get it. Um, I, think I feel I, like for the diehard people who are, or for any of you people who are listening to this lovely podcast who now know right. this information, yes. <laughs> yes. So but it's, 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 it's before it's just, this news goes running. <laughs> it's, yeah, right here you go. Like you have the inside track. Go to yeah, eBay you really now. do clean have the inside scoop. Clean them, up before anyone else notices. Get them cards and you can say, hey, when you're at your, when you're with your friends, be like, hey, you see this card right here? Yeah, I got some <laughs> inside knowledge. They regret making this card. And then you get to sound really cool and sound like you have like weird Pokemon contraband, but not <laughs> you don't. Right. Although now I feel bad for them because now if they're ever out like at a signing uh, or something that they will like these, these are going to be the cards that are going to like come up to them and they're just going to be like, ugh. Ugh. They're gonna eventually if that if it did become a trend, they would just start having like little rules like we will not sign these cards. <laughs> <laughs> if you show up to the table with this card, I will <laughs> yeah. give it back to you unsignd. <laughs> yep, basically. Uh so, so I, I I again, right? It's it's a moment of vulnerability, I guess, in mm-hmm. in, in these interviews that I, like I feel like we don't normally get in the sense that like the Pokemon company normally in these things, uh, again, right? They, they usually are very prepared remarks and yeah. have a general idea of what people are going to to ask about. But I love getting insight like this mm-hmm. because even when we as a community sometimes are like, oh my gosh, Pokemon company, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. There are also people there going, oh crap, what did we just do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I, and I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'm very, it, it's, it's so cool to see, you know, the Pokemon company in Japan, you know, cause the C- Pokemon company international has a lot of global press opportunities, right. but you know, specifically for the Pokemon company, you know, it's Japanese branch, that main kind of branch there, you know, a lot of the press releases marketing they do is very insular. It's, it's coming from within. It's not something right. that they're reaching out to. And when yep. we do get those rare moments, it's almost always exclusively information released in Japan or Japanese. <laughs> and so unless, you know, you're, you're reading something, you know, here from comic book, because Christian, I will go after those Japanese resources and translate them, or you're yep. following other people who, you know, you know, maybe do that on Twitter or discord, you know, mm-hmm. that information isn't being disseminated to the global, global community which pokemon really thrives upon and so i think it's really (laughs) cool that for worlds not only was it in japan which opens up that sector but they were Mm -hmm. able to bring in press like christian to come in and ask questions that aren't softballed i i don't know if they were asked to be approved ahead of time i know that's very common in japan so i'd be interested in you know hearing that from christian next week um to see like how how open was that conversation uh, because you know traditionally speaking that's not how things operate uh for a lot of japanese companies in the entertainment sector uh, and especially pokemon sure yeah and like look and it's like you know christian is a phenomenal journalist in the sense mm-hmm. that he is he he's always going to ask what he believes the community needs to know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he, but he finds great ways to, to ask questions like that. So yeah, you just um, gotta, you gotta, you gotta package it nicely. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, all right, let's get to the Pokemon fact of the week. This one is an okay one. 
Uh, we are at uh, Tropius, which I've said out loud for the very first time. So there you go. I guess that's how you say it. Tropius. I, I uh, that's how I've always said it. But if we get corrected, I'm sure it will be in the comments shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Tropius is a weird one, only because the weird berry things that kind of look like a beard are edible. Oh, yeah. Edible. I mean, I always assumed that. I mean, that's like... like I, I, I don't even know the human equivalent of what that even would be. You know it's expensive. Reading the game data, the fruit on its neck only is ripe twice a year. So you know that's a delicacy. It says it's a highly favored and sought after tropical snack. I don't know what it's called in the markets, but you know, like how, you know, like in Japan, there's like watermelons for $30. Yeah, that's easily one of those little banana things off Tropius is like 50 bucks easily. But, uh, but at the same time, this is, this is a, a flying Pokemon, but it's a solid, yeah, that's the it's thing a solid that Pokemon. Surprises okay? me. It is 220 pounds and flies by its leaves. Now, are those leaves made of steel? Like, I don't... I like, don't how even is know. The, you could build how are those leaves not being leaves? snapped off? So let's say you could build, like, that's probably what they do. In, in the world where Pokemon die and we have their remains, you know, they scavenge those leaves. And they build out. They build skyscrapers out of them. That's They don't use, like, concrete reinforced steel beams they roll up the leaves of atropius <laughs> they start you know using that as framing material one of the one of the other things that uh i love kind of about this is um it's like it's a one of those threats that your parents would always tell you uh, if you did too much of something it would like it would result in whatever like when the sense of, like listen you'll understand what i mean in a second uh because it continually ate only its favorite fruit, the fruit started growing around its neck. That's horrifying. Where, which I translate to, my mom would tell me if I swallowed too many watermelon seeds, watermelons would start growing in my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> and it happened in this Pokemon. Oh, yeah. That, that's how, that's how uh, biology, you know, physiology works in that universe. Right. Of course. Still, I can't get... Like when they fall, like do they just grow off? Do they do they get ripped off? If they get ripped off, does it like cause bleeding under his chin? Like like I, if you I nick feel while like shaving? I, I feel like well, it's because there's like dedicated little growing places. So I feel like it comes. Is it just like easily. slough off like dead skin? Like it just Oh, I don't like that word. <laughs> we could go without ever using that word again in a conversation, Jim. <laughs> uh, like I just I it seems like understand. he's happy. That seems like Tropiuses are very happy to share the fruit of their labors, quite literally. So I'm sure they just lean down to the kids, and they're such a del like a delicacy that you know people are, are fighting to get the fruit off of them. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Anyway, for a fairly boring Pokemon, sure gives you stuff to think about. Whoever the Gordon Ramsay is, uh, Pokemon must love them because they probably get to make really great fruit tarts. Oh, I mean that. I'm sure they make great smoothies too, right? I like, mean, just pair Atropius with an Alcrime. 
boom, key lime pie, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Whatever flavor that fruit is. I think the interesting thing is this is a Pokemon that has, is one of those like has not gotten an evolution of any sort. Yeah. It's so low. Like what, what does it look like before this? <laughs> well, right. That's what, what I want to know. Like before this? But feels like maybe ripe for like a paradox mm-hmm. ev- evolution. Cause it already kind of looks like one. Like if like if they just turned all the leafy greens to iron and metal, fits right in. Mm-hmm. And instead of like bananas, it's just missiles. And it just oh my shoots gosh! <laughs> it just eats missiles, so it grows. Iron out. leaves done. There we go. Got easy, it. Easy. All right, that's gonna do it for us this week. We appreciate everyone listening to the Megan and Jim show. I know. Two weeks in a row. Christian will be back next week. Yes. I should be here. Megan should be here. The whole the whole unit will be back. So come back next week. That's really all we got. The Discord. <laughs> check out the Discord. Mm-hmm. Make sure you check out the there's like you can get the RSS feed for all of our Pokemon news. You get the uh news whenever a news new episode drops if you don't already have it anywhere else you can find the link to the discord on twitter at pokemon pod cb is the handle for our twitter uh, twitter account or x or whatever it is now and you can find megan at megan peter cb you can find christian at seahoffer c bus you can find me at jim viscardi and until next week folks may the shiny luck be in your favor we'll catch you then peace